Welcome to the Lady Preacher Podcast, a podcast for the progressive Christian, where we talk about an all-loving God, an embodied Christ, and an ever-moving spirit. Dive right in as we wrestle with what it means to live out our faith in the world. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the Lady Preacher podcast. Today, we are going to learn a little bit about demons. But before we talk about that, I want to be sure to invite you to a few events that are coming up this February 2021. I can't believe we're already heading into month number two, but uh, we have some great opportunities to connect with each other this month. If you go to dancingpastor.org slash retreat, you can see all the different ways to sign up. So the first of those is that I am hosting some contemplative prayer and journaling sessions. There are 45 minutes. We'll meet on Zoom. You don't even have to have your camera on, I promise. But we'll gather, we'll read scripture together, reflect and journal and pray. So I invite you to sign up for that. It is free, which is great. So I hope you come. And the other is the Inspired for Life Conference. And you can learn more about that uh, on my website, dancingpastor.org slash retreat. There are some amazing speakers. I'm honestly a little intimidated by the the lineup of the other speakers at this event, uh, who I have the honor and privilege of speaking alongside. There will be Latasha Morrison um, and Suzanne Stabile, who is the queen of the Enneagram, Joe Saxton, a bunch of other people. I really hope that you check that out. It is $50 for a whole weekend and you have access to the videos for the rest of the year. So please go check those out and sign up. And if you haven't already done so, feel free while you're there to sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's just a simple devotional that I send out every Monday morning. I have also written a Lenten devotional for this year. Uh, You can find out more about that on the website as well. It's $7. It's a PDF download and it will journey with you through the season of Lent, which also starts this month. Okay, I think that's all of the housekeeping. So now I invite you to soften your shoulders relax your jaw, and hear this word from the Gospel of Mark. This is chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, And he cried out, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him saying, be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying with a loud voice came out of him. They were all amazed and they kept on asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, Jesus' fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. Our reading ends here. And now, if you would please pray with me. Beloved creator, I ask that you be present with us this day. It's hard to understand demons and what they are. Back in the time of Jesus and in our time now, what are these things? 
We ask that you be present with us so that we may hear this story anew and understand it in different ways and see how you are still speaking to us this day. I pray for each person who is listening. May they feel your spirit moving within and around them and among them. Open our hearts and our minds and fill our well today. In the name of our creator, redeemer, and sustainer, we pray. Amen. I have heard a lot lately this question of how did we get here? How did we get to this place of being so divided, so partisan, so separated? What was it that led us to this point? How did we get here to a point where there could be an insurrection at the Capitol? What happened? And January 27th, this past week, was the 76th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz concentration camp in 1945. And I saw a lot of folks talking online about how the Holocaust didn't happen overnight. A lot of smaller things added up to this huge, horrific, terrible thing. And so when I think of how did we get here to where we are right now, I also think back to how Auschwitz could even happen how the Holocaust could even happen. And my sense, and the sense of a lot of others who have been speaking this past week or so, is that it was all these little tiny things, these small things, the way we think about each other, the way we speak about one another, and the way we act towards one another and towards ourselves, right? All of these things add up. They're like little fractures. And As someone who grew up in earthquake land, earthquake territory, we understand that little fractures lead to greater schisms, right? They they slowly break it down and make it less stable. I think of it as, you know, death by a thousand paper cuts, these little things. You know, one little thought may not mean much in the moment, but when you add it all together, it is so much. In the letter to... Corinthians, uh, first Corinthians in the Bible, there's this phrase that says, love builds up, love builds up. And so when I think of how we got here, my sense is that we weren't practicing love because love builds up. Love doesn't fracture. And so my question is, what have we been thinking and speaking and doing that has been fracturing instead of building that has been shrinking instead of expanding both ourselves and the greater community? Are we practicing love? Are we building up and expanding or are we fracturing? And then what are those things that fracture us? What are those thoughts or words or actions that create these fractures? And when I think about it on a communal scale, on a, on a larger scale, I think about dehumanization. I think about unkindness. I think about cruelty. Brene Brown talks a lot about the effects of dehumanization on how we interact as a global community. When we say things like those people, or when we refer to people as pigs or just animals in general, that's dehumanizing folks. And when we do that, that paves the way to violence eventually, because you are, you're stripping that person of humanity in your mind. They still have their humanity, but you yourself in your mind have stripped them of their humanity. And this happens all the time. 
whatever side of whatever thing you might find yourself on, we have all said something like those people. Perhaps used animals to refer to folks. It's like when when folks referred to Barack Obama as monkey or to Donald Trump as Cheeto. These small words create a lot of harm, especially when you add it all together and not just on a communal scale. Think about it just personally. Maybe this will bring it down to earth for us. If I am constantly saying, gosh, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Those create little fractures in my spirit. Or if I look in the mirror and see myself as ugly or as fat, or I think of myself as dumb, all these things add up and they wreak havoc on our spirits. They wreak havoc on our personal spirit, but then again, also on the communal spirit. We become bound by them. It starts to possess us. I'll give you a a personal example. So I always told myself the story that I am bad with money. And it became like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I was bad with money. And I just always believed that about myself. But then my life coach, who is amazing, um, I'll give her a shout out. You can go to lindabaumgardner.com. She's an incredible life coach. But what she asked me once is, What if you told yourself a different story? What if you told yourself that you are learning? And that was mind blowing for me. And I I shifted my perspective and thought, okay, I'm just learning how to be good with money. And before I knew it, I was doing so much better because I had finally just told myself, oh, I'm learning. And that freed me from what was holding me back. I was bound by this idea that I wasn't good with money. So I just, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't put effort into it because I just thought I was just bad at it. But once I let go of that story, once I was freed from that, that allowed for a shift in perspective. And we can do this on personal levels, but we can also do it on a global level and pay attention to the things that have held us captive, the stories that we have told, whether about ourselves or about another group of people and unraveling those, unbinding ourselves from those things. And that can create space for a new way of being. And so what does this have to do with our story today? These things that bind us are the things that are destroying us from within. And that is what demons are. Demons are those things that are intent on destroying us from within. It are those things that we convince ourselves of that are not true, that take hold of us. And then those things have the power instead of us having the power. So the story we have told ourselves is about the people on the other side of the tracks. That story has a hold of us. And until we unravel that, it will keep having the power and it will keep destroying from within. And so what Jesus does in our story and in our lives and throughout the scriptures is he casts out demons. He notices what is destroying this person, what is destroying this community. And then he names it, he prays, and then he casts it out. And the interesting thing about this story we see in the gospel of Mark is the demon asks, are you here to destroy us? 
we know that demons fight the hardest when they know their time is up. They try to hang on and they put up a fight. But Jesus says, yes, I am here to destroy those things that are binding you. Those things that are trying to destroy you from the inside out. Yes, I am here to destroy those things. When they ask, what have you to do with us? Jesus says, everything. I have everything to do with you because you are destroying from the inside. And I am here to cast you out and say, hate has no home here. These demons that are rending your spirit apart, they have no home here. And they put up a fight. They put up a fight because they're just trying to cling on to us. And sometimes we cling back because it's what's familiar. Let me give you a, an example to bring it down to earth for us a little bit. Say there's a company, maybe a, a hundred people who are employed by this company and they're really struggling. They're having a hard time seeing profits. Uh, their ideas factory is kind of fizzled out. Nothing's working and they're they're struggling to get by and they don't know what's wrong. So they hire an outside consultant to help. And what the consultant finds is that people are gossiping about one another. They're stepping over each other or throwing one another under the bus. The managers are using shame tactics. So, for example, calling people out in meetings or um, in ways that are not appropriate and making people feel awful about themselves. There's a lot of fear. There's unhealthy competition. There's resentment and people feeling like their managers don't support them. They're afraid that if they mess up, that'll be called out in front of other people. And so these little fractures, you know, the little gossip by the, the coffee table or that one comment that's made in a meeting that's really sharp, all of these little fractures have caused this company to crumble. And so the consultant works with them. And the first thing this consultant does is they name the issues that they see. They just name them, no judgment attached, but just saying, this is what I am noticing. And then after naming them, the consultant says, here's a new way of being. I can train you, I can teach you, and then I can pass it off to you to, to keep going with this new way. But what happens is people in the company push back. They say, no, this is the way we've always done it. I was treated like crap, so I'm going to now treat others like crap. Now that I'm in a position of leadership, I have every right to treat them that way because that's how I was treated. This is the way we have always done it. And they're clinging to these old ways that are causing them to crumble from the inside out. So when the demons say, are you here to destroy us? Perhaps what this consultant might say is y'all are already destroying yourselves from the inside because you're clinging to this way of being that is causing harm. And I am here to offer you a new way to name what has a hold of you, to release you from that, and then show you a new way to live. My friends, we can recognize we can recognize a demon by asking, is this building up or is it tearing down? Is this expanding God's kingdom 
or our idea of God's kingdom? Or is this shrinking it? Are these thoughts I'm having about myself helping build myself up or are they tearing me down? These thoughts or words I'm using towards others, are they building up or are they tearing down? We can pay attention to that and name them. Jesus comes to offer us a new way to cast out the demons that have bound us and offer us freedom by naming them and then showing us a new way. What I appreciate about this story is Jesus calls the demon out. The demon tries to name Jesus in this story. But in this particular culture, in Jewish culture, the one who names is the one who has the power. And Jesus rebukes the demon and silences them and takes the power back. And so that the people are like, oh, who is this guy? He speaks with authority. Jesus names the demon for what it is takes back the power. If we think about this personally, like when we call ourselves names, when we call ourselves stupid or ugly, that's not you speaking. That's not your truest self. That's not the God within you calling you those things. That is a demon that's gotten a hold of you, a hold of your thoughts. And what Jesus is saying is he is here to name those things and cast them out especially communally, communally naming. These are the things that have you bound. These are the things that are fracturing you, that are not building you up, but are tearing your community apart. And Jesus is here to name them. I think I've mentioned this on a, on a previous episode, but my grandmother loved Dr. Phil, the show, Dr. Phil. And One of the things he always used to say, because we would watch it together, is you can't fix what you don't name. And so Jesus comes and he names what he sees. He names it when he sees people being cast out and left out and oppressed. He names it and then he calls them back in. And when he speaks with this authority, he is speaking with the authority of love and truth. It is about reclaiming who you are and who we are as a community. Who you are is a beloved child of God. And so when that voice creeps in saying, you are so stupid, you can rebuke that voice with the power of Jesus or pray for Jesus to help you to rebuke that voice because we know it's always going to creep back in. But we can say, no, what I know to be true is that I am a beloved child of God. I know that to be true. Or when we see someone being treated horribly, we can speak with the authority and say, no, you are a beloved child of God. Hate has no home here. Love has far more power than hate. That is the authority with which Jesus speaks. The authority of love and truth. The authority that names the demon, casts it out, and then speaks the truth in love, saying, you are the beloved child of God. 
Jesus, when he sees someone who has been cast out, told by society that you are not worthy, that you are not good and has cast them out, Jesus says, no, draws them back into the center and says, you are God's beloved child. These stories of healing that happen in our scriptures are more about Jesus noticing how society has cast people out, and then Jesus drawing these folks back into the center. Jesus is healing these rifts that have cast people out. I was talking with some clergy friends the other day about the scripture and how we have to be careful when we talk about Jesus' healing stories. Because, for example, my friends who are blind or deaf will say that they don't see the fact that they're blind or, or deaf as a curse or something they necessarily need to be cured or healed from. For many of them, they see it as a gift. And so to talk about those things as sin or in relation to sin is to not do justice to them. But instead, what if we looked at what is happening in the community and how the community has somehow deemed these folks as less than, as somehow unworthy? And what Jesus is doing is naming that and then drawing those folks back in, saying, you are beloved. Your gift is good. This is the power and authority of love to build up rather than fracture, to expand rather than shrink, because Jesus is deeply invested in our well-being. Jesus is deeply invested in your well-being and in the well-being of our global community. He is here to heal us to help us see where these fractures are, to name what has caused those fractures, and then to show us a new way, to build us up and say, here, my friend, you are God's beloved. And we are then to take that. Jesus passes the torch to us and says, this is my commandment to love one another and to carry that forth so that then when we look out, at everyone around us, we can then see them with the eyes of Christ and say, you are God's beloved and I am God's beloved. We are all a part of God's kingdom. We all have a seat at this table. There is nothing that truly separates us. We are all intricately connected. We can cast out those false stories that separate us and instead build one another up in love. That is what Jesus offers us here. He says, hate has no home here. Only love. Only love. Amen. My friend, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for you. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. The Lady Preacher podcast is part of a nonprofit called Dancing Pastor Ministries, and you can find us online at dancingpastor.org or join the community by finding us on Facebook at Dancing Pastor Ministries. If you would like to be a part of supporting this podcast, there are many ways you can do that without giving monetarily. You can share our posts on social media, send an episode to a friend, or just leave a review. 
If you would like to support us financially, you can do so at dancingpastor.org slash give. My friend, you are a gift. Thank you for being here and God bless.